Are you looking for a history podcast to grab some quotes for a last minute paper? Or maybe your presentation on Jane Eyre needs a punch up? Then do not listen to us. Do not. Like, we're begging of you. (laughs) I'm Ashley. And I'm Kelsey. And we host Make It Modern, a podcast where we talk about history, literature, and all things made before the year 2010 in a way that would probably be frowned upon by any teacher. We basically delve into the past and stumble into the present. We discuss things like what type of rosé is appropriate for a medieval execution and how we've all been binglied one time or another. So if you love hearing about people, places, and things with so many issues they could be a Julia Michaels song, join us every Thursday on Spotify and iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Facebook at Make It Modern and also on Twitter and Instagram at capital M-I-M underscore podcast. This content that is not suitable for kids like me. Go. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Pline and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system. But we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Hi, Diana. Hey, Erin. I'm still determined to find that thing I was looking for before we started recording. Oh, well. Well, while you are looking for that thing that you've been searching for since before yes. we started recording, I'm going to tell you that Crime Crazy <laughs> is sponsored by Dave Hat and Seb Bryce. Woohoo! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the $10 per month level or above. Thank you both. Thank you, guys. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or just search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show, among other lovely things. If you would like to gift us with your words instead of your money, you can get shout out for reviews wherever you might leave them. Please rate and review us on whatever podcast catcher you are in the mood to do so on. We give shout outs or post on our social media or do something awesome for all reviews. Yes, but we like the uh, five star ones the best. Yes, we do. And you can follow Crime Crazy on all the social medias at Crime Crazy Pod or visit our website at crimecrazy.com. Woohoo! Hey. That, that, Diana, was a new website address. Can you say that again? Crimecrazy.com. Erin, do you know why we have crimecrazy.com? I was say, where did this come from? Because our fabulous sponsor, Dave Hatt, went and found that crimecrazy.com was available and bought it for us. He is awesome. I love presents. We also have to keep him happy because he made some very specific threats around that website if we make him angry. Oh, yikes. I don't know (laughs) if I want to abide by that. That sounds like blackmail. It might be too filthy even for this podcast. Yikes. (laughs) I'm oddly intrigued. You saw it. I showed you the text. Mm, Yes, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Which I did get at work. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be a good day if you weren't receiving inappropriate text messages during working hours. (laughs) So, Erin. Yes. Did you learn anything? You know, 
I did. Uh, my head is full of so much new knowledge this week. Unfortunately, it would be very boring to 90% of our listeners. I'm going to I'm going to have this overly uh, ambitious not ambitious, optimistic view <laughs> that 10% of our listeners would have loved to sit in the platform training that I was in all week. Um, but I mean, it, it was really awesome. And now I feel really, really smart. Yay. But that is mostly what I learned this week. And then because I just dreamt that I learned something instead of actually learning something to share with you. I was going to share a meme and I can't find that either. So um, I would like to share that apparently, this is what I learned four days ago in my neighborhood, there was an adult velociraptor running around. Yes. Yes. Can, right? can I get one in my neighborhood? <laughs> I don't think that's what we want in our neighborhoods. But it was right in time for, and this is another thing I did not know existed, um, Velociraptor Appreciation Day. I feel like every day is Velociraptor Appreciation Day, but not in like that shitty way that people say like every month is Women's Appreciation Month. Like I feel like every day should be Velociraptor Appreciation Day. I feel like if there were a Velociraptor in your vicinity, you should respect and appreciate that. Absolutely. So Diana, did you learn anything on not Velociraptor related? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Um, I relearned that today is the third anniversary of Prince's death. Oh. Which, because I'm a goddamn professional, I announced to the class I was teaching that day uh, and derailed my own class. <laughs> yeah. But that's the kind of thing that sometimes you just, you just have to stop. Well, again, because I'm a professional, my exact words were, oh, shit, you guys, Prince is dead. Oh, man. That's a terrible way to run a class. I know. I'm the worst. Please, nobody from work be listening to this one. Um, so, yeah, about that. So what I learned this week is that elephants can't jump. I knew that. Oh, I did not. I mean... I suppose if I'd thought about it, but no, elephants can't jump. And do you know why they don't jump? Is it because of the direction their knees bend? Kind of, yeah. Um, so A, they don't jump because they don't need to, because there is no advantage whatsoever for that. No. Um, yeah, you're for as them. tall as you're going to need to be. And also, you're not going to jump over anything. You weigh like two tons. Like four, I think, is what they said. Holy but shit. But like a lot. Um, but like a lot. But like a lot. <laughs> but they apparently animals that have evolved the ability to jump need to do so in order to get away from predators. So elephants don't need to jump up on anything to get away from predators. Right. But also the bones in their legs are all pointed downward. So they don't have the spring they need to get up in the air. There you go. And also they're massive. Bones, joints, you know, one of mm -hmm. those things. Other mammals that can't jump are sloths, hippos, and rhinos. We have a coworker who, at this very moment, maybe, is cuddling sloths. <gasps> yup. <sighs> so right? jealous. There better be pictures. We talked and talked and talked about taking pictures, so she better do it. Uh, she better. They seem so snuggly. Like, I want a full report when she gets home. Right? I wonder if they're smelly. Their claws freak me out a little bit. They are aggressive for the cuteness of that animal. Are they? Are they like koalas? 
Have you seen the no, thing like, about the like just the, the look when wet? <laughs> no, just like the look of the claws. Like oh, they're yeah. so cuddly and their faces look like they're smiling and they're so very slow. But those claws, man. They look like something <laughs> out of a horror movie. No. The claws do. Oh, the claws do. But the rest of them just looks like, it looks like one of those like monkey toys that you buy at the zoo that has the Velcro. Yeah. Yeah. But I am still excited for her to snuggle them. Apparently the park down the street from the people that she's visiting has wild sloths like we have squirrels. And they are so used to people that like they're fine to climb all over you. And so she was telling the person that she was going to go visit that it was fine if he needed to work or have meetings or whatever. Like she could entertain herself. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag would cuddle. Yes. I found the meme, Diana. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Aaron has been looking for this for probably half an hour. You guys. It's true. It's really bad. Um, okay. So the first person posted, I took the batteries out of the carbon monoxide alarm because the loud beeping was giving me a headache and making me feel sick and dizzy. Oh God. <laughs> and the second person posted, that's it. That's what anti-vaxxers sound like. That's beautiful. It was like the first one was great on its own. Right. (laughs) And then. (laughs) Kept going. Awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. So sloths don't jump. Elephants don't jump. Who else? Rhinos. And hippos. Is that it? Rhinos and hippos. Um, That's what I could find for mammals. And then I got into a weirdly passionate um, I don't know if it was a Quora forum, but something like that, right? Where somebody had asked, like, what are the other animals that can't jump? And people are like, well, worms can't jump. Well, snakes can't jump. They lunge. They And I was like, oh, my, y'all are putting way too much thought into this shit. I was going to say, I bet an octopus can't jump, but they're not a mammal. Well, right. And I was going to say, do any aquatic animals really jump? And then I thought of, like, dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... And fish. Yeah really jumping but you do go into the air well but then do you have a whole philosophical discussion about what is jumping because one person was saying like snakes don't jump they lunge right because they don't have legs that can spring so they're not jumping right so then what does a dolphin do because they also don't have legs that spring but they definitely and they're not pushing off the ground like do you have to be pushing off of a surface in order to jump because technically they don't push off of a surface they push off of like it'd be like if we were flying and then we jumped in the air while we were flying like they don't go to the top of the water and push off the top of the water and jump no but i am enjoying thinking about how i could be flying right Aaron. yes do you have a story for me or do i have a story for you my hope is that yes is the answer to both of those <laughs> questions. <laughs> I'll go first. My story is um, I just I lied to you and all of our <gasps> listeners. I'm a liar. I'm a dirty, rotten liar. And as I was researching this story, I knew I was a liar and I did it anyway. Oh. Because last week, I very specifically promised you all that I next week so this week would come with a story that was not both a Michigan person and a serial killer 
a Michigander. <laughs> uh, I said I would give up one or the other. And then, you know what? I didn't. I have another <laughs> another Michigander serial killer for you today. I feel like out of all the lies I've been told, like I'm going to let that one slide. Okay. <laughs> I'm I don't know about our to- listeners, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hopefully they'll uh they'll be okay with it too. They seem I'm to be a pretty cool group. To get to a certain point. Like there's a story I wanted to talk about and so I have to like weave my way there with our mm-hmm. connections. And this one did really it made a really good jump. My story, unlike an elephant, can jump. <laughs> and it jumped a lot closer to where I was trying to be. But so. it's weirdly hard, isn't it? Because I tried to do that and on a deadline. (laughs) Yeah, mine doesn't have a deadline, which is good. That's good. Yeah, so. All All right, right. so tell me, you filthy liar. (laughs) This Michigan, Michigander? Michigander. Michigander. Duck. No, like a goose. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little context. Early 1900s, people died a lot. So much. Yes. So like making it to 50, 60, somewhere in there was not just something everyone did, mm-hmm. um, which is how this crime happened then, but probably would not happen now. Actually, oh. definitely 100% would not happen now. Okay. So I've talked about in a previous episode about death by strychnine, mm-hmm. right? But just to review... Um, when you are poisoned with strychnine, which is like rat poison, you get cold sweats, you taste metal in your mouth, you see like flashing strobing lights, um, you get spasms that start like in your neck and your limbs and then they spread. Um, you get these horrible convulsions that make you arch your back and eventually, um, oh, you also get, which I don't know if we talked about last time, but you you go in and out of consciousness and the whole time you're having these terrors. It's just paranoia and intense fear and awful. And then a couple hours later when you finally die, it's from asphyxiation because all of your muscles are convulsing and you can't breathe. That sounds like, like top 10 worst ways to go. Right. And it takes hours. And if you don't have a high enough dose, it can be a lot longer than that. Like that can be an ongoing thing. Yeah, no, terrible, right? Absolutely horrible. Also, because we are talking about poisoning, our serial killer is probably... A woman. Yes. So McKnight is her name, Mary McKnight. And she lived in Michigan. She lived with her first husband originally in the uh, early 1900s, James Ambrose. And she, he was in a business with Ernest McKnight. So at that point, she was not Mary McKnight yet. But you can see oh. where this is going. And the two families were really close. They actually lived in the same house. And um, Ambrose, her husband, was was really sick, and they thought he had consumption. Jane Ambrose was their oldest child. She was seven. She went to visit her grandmother one day and got sick and then suddenly died. And because of the family history of like illness, nobody really thought much about it. So then the husband died. They were like, oh, well, that was consumption. Like his daughter has just died of the same thing. This doesn't seem too strange. Um, But the symptoms were were 
I mean, of course, identical to the daughter, right? right. With the convulsions and the fever and the whatever. Um, and Which is that not to my knowledge how consumption works. Right. 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 Um, so the doctor that was there when James Ambrose died thought it was a little bit strange that he had these symptoms, which his daughter also had, which didn't really fit what he was expecting, but didn't do anything about it because there was a history of illness and he died young, but that was pretty normal and Mm -hmm. whatever. Well, and honestly, what could he have? Like there weren't a lot of forensic techniques. There wasn't a lab. Right. Well, and, and yeah, and it just wasn't that unusual or concerning and there didn't seem to be, it wasn't like he had pissed somebody off and then suddenly died when he'd never been sick before or whatever, right? It was right. this tragic death of a child and then the death of a sick parent. Yeah, it looked a little yeah. weird, but mostly it's just really sad. Yeah. And in a house with lots of adults, right? Like not, and not, they didn't even die in the same place because the child went to visit the grandmother and died. Mm-hmm. And then the, the husband died at home. So Miss the current Mrs. McKnight, so not Mary McKnight, but the one who was actually married, to, <laughs> um, then got very sick and, um, her sister came in to take care of her. She brought, when she came to take care of Mrs. McKnight, and I don't actually have her first name, so it's a little confusing, mm-hmm. um, but she brought um, her husband and her baby along with her. So Mrs. McKnight then died. She had some partial paralysis before she died and some convulsions in her limbs. Hmm. And so that was curious. The next night, the baby that her sister brought with her, so her niece, got sick and died very similarly. Hmm. That's awfully quick moving consumption there. Right? Just all of a sudden. And yeah, really, really close together. Mm-hmm. So the then Mrs. Ambrose, who later becomes Mary McKnight, decided that she needed to take a little break from all of this death and tragedy around her. Mm-hmm. So she and her five-year-old daughter May went on a trip to visit some friends in Saginaw. But they didn't even get there. They were on the train when May got very sick. What's it like with convulsions? Yeah. Yeah. They got off the train and went to a hospital. Um, Mrs. Ambrose, Mary was actually a little bit ill as well, but she recovered in the hospital. Her child, May, died. Wow. So now she was all alone. Her husband died. The wife and niece of the woman that she was living with died. I'm trying to go through the list in my head. Like basically everyone around her died. Her daughter died. So she decided that she would go back home and live with her sister. But all the time she and I guess Mr. McKnight were... I guess they were courting. It had not been very long, but they were due to get married in three weeks. Whoa. So. So did, did the first Mrs. Uh, McKnight and Mr. McKnight have children? I don't think so. Okay. Cause no, I could I see think- where like from her standpoint, you get married right quick after your husband yes. dies. 
Yeah. Well, and it was her her child, then her husband, then the person that she lived with, and another child, and then her child, and then she was also sick, and then she's like, now I'm all alone in the world. Who do I know? This guy. Right. Hey, this guy lives with me. Right, right. We we already live in the same house. Although she did go to live with her sister until they got married, so that it wouldn't be inappropriate. Well, Um, yeah, you don't want to cause scandal. No, no. (laughs) Especially not under these circumstances. No. Um. If they had children, they, I I don't think that they did because they didn't have any children when they got married. Like there weren't any children living when they got married. So she got married and she went to live with him. At first they went to Alapena for a little bit then they returned to Grayling. Doesn't really matter. Um, (laughs) One night in May, she went to uh, her sister's for tea. And and her sister was uh, Mrs. Chalker. And while she was there, just visiting with family, Eliza, her niece, got very sick with partial paralysis, foaming at the mouth, convulsions, twitching of the limbs. And four hours later, she died. Huh. Yep. They attributed it to uh, another illness, congestive grip. Um, but they were not really satisfied because... Wait, isn't grip flu? Yeah, because the fever was not where they expected it to be. Weird. But, okay. you know, I was a kid. It's like 1900. Yeah, It's I suppose. not all that. Right. All sorts of weird shit gotcha. <laughs> right. Like the doctors, again, were a little bit concerned, but not enough to really do anything about it. Um, and... Everything was kind of, you know, whatever, it's tragic, funeral, move on. Until Ernest McKnight, so her Uh. husband, her new husband of just a few years, died. It was November. He went out to his farm, uh, which was about three miles away. He took the lunch that his lovely wife, Mary, had made him. He started to kind of get ready for his day. Like he unhitched his horses, but he didn't really get around to everything. Um, he he worked a little bit here and there, and then he sat down and he ate his lunch. And immediately after eating it, had horrible, horrible pain. His body for a day or two would bend backwards, like his whole back oh. would bow. He'd have these convulsions and twitching. Um, his throat was partially paralyzed. He couldn't swallow. He had trouble breathing. Um, but by Monday night, so several days later, he had recovered enough to sit up and smoke and talk to his neighbors and tell them how he'd been feeling. And like he seemed to be on, on the mend. So the neighbors that were there visiting left around midnight and they expected that he would be back at work the next morning. Hmm. However, the next morning he was dead. Yeah, that checks out. Yep. So his doctor was really concerned about the symptoms but did not suspect foul play. (laughs) What? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so Mrs. McKnight 
now without a husband or any children or a niece or all of these other people, um, went back to Grayling and visited someone who I guess was maybe a friend, Mrs. Jensen. Mrs. Jensen, of course, got very sick, had to go to the hospital, left her house in charge of Mary McKnight. Oh. Um, and then that, that uh, it was a good Friday. Dorothy, her daughter, so Mrs. Jensen's daughter, was playing in the house when she died. <sighs> Dorothy apparently had been skipping rope and had gotten seriously ill. They called the doctor, but before the doctor even got there, she was dead. And when they explained what had happened, it turned out that she had convulsive twitchings and foaming at the mouth. So throughout all of this, so wait, how many are we up to now? Um, I'm going to go tennis. I'm going to go through all of them at the end. Different oh my God. reports, like different um, accounts have different numbers. Mm -hmm. I think the official number or maybe the number that she confessed to or that they positively tied to her or whatever is like 11, but it's probably at least 18. Yeah. yeah. She's prolific. Yes. Well, I mean, she's just getting away with it. And at this point, all of these people around her have died. But because of the time period and how sad she is and how random it is and whatever else, everyone just feels really sorry for her. That yeah. she has had some really shitty luck in her life and she's lived through all of these tragedies and that sucks. Yeah. And, so, you know, sometimes somebody's life is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Like well, shit piles on and piles on and piles on. Right. And like some of these, I think you could you could make that argument. Like they, well, yeah, I mean, that sucks. And it's a whole bunch of people really close to her, but they all had the same thing. Right. Which yeah. makes sense because, of course, they, they all lived together and they were all related. Of course, they had the same illness. And, yeah. um, and then there were just some that were random. And at one point, I mean, she herself was hospitalized. So even if someone is doing anything, which at this point, no one is suspecting foul play at all. It's, it's not her. She wouldn't poison herself. No, that would be silly. She knows what might happen. Right. Oh my God. Can you imagine knowing what Strychnine did oh. and then doing it to yourself? It had to have been an accident. Right? So everyone just feels really terrible for her. She has nobody left again, but this time she also doesn't have a recently widowed uh, roommate. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Backup um, husband. Right. So she moves in with her brother, John, and his wife, Gertrude, um, and their small child Ruth oh man John and Gertie are about to get murdered aren't they yeah so but what happened was um that the baby Ruth got very sick and died <laughs> very suddenly yes I said baby Ruth. baby Ruth <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm a terrible human I'm sorry <laughs> I was telling you about how an infant baby died and you started laughing yeah um horrible human being yeah but we already knew that it's cool we love you anyway true story <laughs> all um, right so ruth died gertrude was understandably extremely upset mm. um the one of the accounts one of the articles i read had this like horrible description where basically john had gone out to get a coffin and while he was gone gertrude 
died the same death as her child. And when he got oh. back with the coffin, she was dead. So he buried them together. And then almost immediately after that, he was also dead. Oh, my God. Right? So at this point, the the doctor or whoever had been taking care of them was like, this is... They were all healthy. They were all young. They all died really, really fast. And in exactly the same manner. Exactly the same way. And so I don't know what's going on. And so he um, and his like partner that he worked with went out and dug up the bodies of the Murphys and looked in their stomachs and they did take the contents of the stomach and send it to a lab mm. where they were able to find rat poison in their stomachs. Mm. So strychnine is one of those things that hangs around for a really, really long time as long as the body is still intact. And since this has just happened, it was, it was easy to find. Um, once they realized this had happened, they arrested Mary McKnight because, mm-hmm. you know, she was the other one that was there and did not die of rat poisoning. Right. And she confessed right away. Um, and not only did she confess to the Murphy's murders, but also some others. Uh, and they started to tally up all of the people in her life who had died the same way. <sighs> so she had a sister who was that she had not murdered. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Good grief. There was a sister who made it out alive. Um, <sighs> and her how, how do you pick which sibling isn't the one you poison? I I think it was just, which one am I currently staying with? Maybe. So Meredith and Brian are safe. No, they're not safe. You're staying Oh, no, them. it's the other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, Lauren is like a, you know, 20-minute drive. Right, so you're going to kill the ones right there first. Yeah, Meredith and Brian are, like, in my bedroom. Screw it. That sounds weird. It does She's sound weird. them in the closet. No, no, no. They're, like, I think Meredith's having a run. <laughs> I let them out. It's cool. So her sister that she didn't murder thought that her motive might be that she just liked funerals. That they kind of lived in the middle of nowhere that having a family was a burden um, and that a funeral was a chance to get really, really dressed up and have a big gathering. And that hardly ever happened in her world. I mean, I don't live in the middle of nowhere and I rarely have a big gathering where I can dress up and have a lot of people around. But I do occasionally throw parties so that I can dress up and have a lot of people around. Right, it doesn't require killing anyone first. I I haven't murdered anybody for a party that I've thrown. Yeah, that's good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely that. There was also a financial motive. She collected insurance on the two husbands. Nobody mm-hmm. else, though, which is, I think, why they weren't like, well, obviously, this is all for financial gain. Right. But she collected $4,000, which would be the equivalent of about $115,000. But that was total for two husbands, which is just not that It's not great. No. No. Um, she also tried to claim insurance money after John Mur- Murphy, her husband's death. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that was when they started to get suspicious. So no go. So here's her confession, which I found in a lot of places and it was really upsetting. 
So she had, she volunteered, like when they confronted her about the Murphy's murders, the last three, she voluntarily confessed. Wow. And they printed it in the paper on June 26, 1903. Said the baby woke up and cried. This is what she said. The baby woke up and cried while its mother was gone. And I mixed up a little strychnine in a glass with some water and gave a spoonful to the baby. I didn't mean to harm the little thing at all. I confessed all to the Lord this afternoon and I feel he has forgiven me. When Gertrude came home and found the baby dead, she got awfully nervous, which I can only assume means she was fucking upset. Yeah, I don't know that nervous is the word I would have used. No. She came to me and said, Mary, can't you give me something to quiet me, something that you take yourself? I said I would, and I didn't really think it would hurt her if I gave her one of the capsules. She had spasms right after that, and I suppose it was the strychnine that killed her. I really didn't mean to hurt her. Back up! (laughs) I suppose it was the strychnine that I gave her that killed her. Right. She asked for something to calm her nerves, something that Mary would take. So Mary gave her the strychnine she had used to kill about a dozen people. And that's probably what killed her. Like, this confession is so batshit. Wow. So... Then, John seemed to feel so badly about it, so broken up, that I often thought after Gertie died, it would be better if he were to go too. John was feeling bad one night a couple of weeks after Gertrude died. He came to me and wanted something to quiet him. I had two or three of the capsules in my dresser, and I told him to go and get one. I didn't mean to hurt him. What bullshit? But I thought it would soothe him, and then I thought it would be for the best if he were to go anyway. He helped himself. I don't know whether he took one or two, and then he went to bed, and by and by he called me. Mother came too, and he began to have those same spasms. I suppose that the strychnine was working. Wow. Yep. So wait, she didn't even do the last one. She's just like, I can't be bothered to get up. They're in this drawer. Help yourself. Pretty much. I mean, according to her confession. But according to her confession, it was both. I didn't know it would hurt him. I don't know how many he took. He did it to himself. Uh, Also, I guess it worked. Also, I thought he should die. He would be happier if he died. Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know, and I should have researched, and this should have been the thing that I learned. If you took a very, very small amount of strychnine, if it would, like, sedate you in any way, it doesn't sound like it would. But Mm -mm. according to her confession, that's what it sounds like she was trying to do with it. Although I think her confession is utter bullshit. Um well, but right, like, the but- baby was crying, so I gave her a little tiny bit. And then the mom was upset, so I gave her some. Like, that's what she's claiming, is that she thought... It would calm them. It would calm them down. But also she said with both Gertie and John that they asked for something to calm them. Right. Which, maybe I'm just not a Victorian lady, but having recently gone through a pretty big event... At yeah. no point did I ever turn to him and be like, Aaron, give me something to calm me. Right. Although I, I suppose I did say things like, somebody get me a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you just already knew what you wanted. Well, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I what was I on find... hand. Well, right. But you also have access to doctors. Like if you wanted something to calm you, you go to the doctor and you get something to calm you. Well, and I feel like that's not used as much as it used to be. 
No. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody was having hysterics. Yes. Then, yeah, you'd have a little someone to calm you or you're smelling salts or whatnot. Right. And that's just not not really a thing we do. No. No, I think, yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, the other thing is, yeah, we do have access to a lot of different options, whereas they would not have gone to a doctor. Like, they would have asked for whatever. Well, and the doctor didn't have anything to give them either. No, probably not strict right now. So, like... No, a little opium or something. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of what she said. Like... Part of me is like, okay, so the baby was crying and you obviously don't like kids. Right. So you gave it strychnine. I got it. Like that, yep, that that feels right. Um, then wait, mom's really upset. As somebody who in general does not like children either, I've never poisoned any of them. Well, yes, but she had already poisoned a dozen people. Well, that's she, true. It was not that big a deal to her. <laughs> but that feels like something she would do. So yeah. I buy that part. And mm-hmm. then mom was upset. I mean, was mom just also being loud and annoying? And so you were like, well, here. Yeah. And then at least by the time it got around to dad, she was half, oh, I just wanted to help him. It was an accident. And half, he was miserable. It would just be better if he were dead. Right. Unsurprisingly, she was convicted, sentenced to <laughs> life. After 18 years, she was paroled from the Detroit House of Corrections. So here are the victims that are attributed to her. James Ambrose, so her first husband. Then Mrs. McKnight, the first wife of the man that apparently she wanted to marry after she killed her husband. Um, The baby, so Mrs. McKnight's niece. Eliza Chalker, so the new Mrs. McKnight's niece, Mary's niece. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't forget about her own two kids. Yeah, they're not on this list. They must be on... Oh, they they are. They're just further down. Oh, okay. Um, Jane and another daughter that doesn't... Is just the five-year-old, I guess. May. Um, May. Yeah, there we go. Um, then, where else? We have um, Ernest McKnight... Her second husband, Sarah Murphy, um, Mrs. Curry, Dorothy Jensen, three Ambrose children, which were not listed in the original story, but apparently there were three children in that first marriage, not her marriage, but the McKnight marriage where she killed the wife. Um, And they died shortly after death. And so, or shortly after, they died shortly after their death. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. They died shortly after their birth. And so not sure if she killed them or they just died because they were children in the 18, 1900s. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? So many deaths. So, so that, of course, was not 18 people, but um, there, there, was, there were a bunch of them that said definitely 11. Um, there was one that said, so it was like 11 over a 15-year period that she killed them. And then there were a couple that were like, we think it's probably actually like 18. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Um, another thing I found while doing all of the research was that apparently she now haunts the house where she eventually died after she was paroled. So <laughs> you can go chat with her and see if she'll tell you how many she actually killed. 
Okay. Road trip. Right? right? You're going to be in Michigan in a few days, right? I actually am. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder where. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Google Maps. So, yeah, that is my third in a row Michigan serial killer. <laughs> I don't know if Michigan's doing it right or doing it wrong. I mean, I think wrong no matter how you cut it, right? Because if they're doing serial killer right, but then they're getting caught, so that's wrong. That's wrong. Also, they're killing people, which is not great. Not great. So, and seem to be producing a lot of serial killers. I guess probably if I looked up any state followed by serial killer, I would come up with that. It's true. I just keep putting it in Michigan. <laughs> so, Diana, huh. do you have a story for me? I do. Is it about strychnine? It is not. Okay. That sounds horrible. Like I, that really sounds like a terrible way to go, doesn't it? Like there, there are several ways of dying that I really don't want to do. Yeah, and that is definitely one of them. And yeah, I'm that's thinking, way like, up there. Sudden death. There are plenty of diseases and things that I don't want to get, but like several ways of suddenly and um, unplanned. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I don't want to do. That's definitely one of them. Yeah, real high on the list. Yeah. So what is your story about? All right. Uh, not about Michigan. Okay. <laughs> so not week, about strychnine. Not about strychnine. No strychnine at all. As far as I know. Last week on Crime Crazy, I talked about the murder of Christina Catherine Bradfield, who was murdered by one or maybe two or maybe three or four, depending on who you're listening to, uh, of the people for whom she was the manageress, probably yes. for money. Yes. And it turns out that a lot of bosses get murdered. I, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that's probably true. It is true. I found many lists. Yikes. <laughs> Beverly Hot Springs Spa's story began in the early 20th century when Richard S. Grant bought a wheat field outside of L.A. to subdivide for a housing development in 1910. He found an artisan well that had been dug by drillers looking for oil, Um. and that well supplied water to the local residents until the city water main was installed in 1915. Later, water from the well was sold as drinking water under the name Wonder Water and was popular among, and I quote, among red-eyed men who found the sodium bicarbonate and other minerals it contains soothing on Monday mornings. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's a nice way to put that. Isn't it? (laughs) Just on Monday mornings. Just on Monday mornings. Business went in the crapper after World War II, and the well was mostly dormant for many years. It was then rediscovered in 1984, and the Beverly Hot Springs Spa was built on top of it. Um, So this is a Korean spa, and it was owned by a Korean family, and I don't know anything about the Korean language, so I apologize in advance for about how I'm going to pronounce things, because I don't know if they're right. So the spa was built by Yang Cha Kim, who is known as Dr. Kim, and her husband, Chang Bum Ha, in the mid-1980s. And in 1988, they 
Oh my God, this is a hard sentence to say. In 1988, they hired Howard Ha to manage the spa. Now, everyone in this story has the same last name. Howard and the other folks are not related. They just have the same last name. Gotcha. Um, So to avoid confusion, everybody is being called by their first name from now on. Sounds good. I'm I'm on board. Yes. So they hired him in 1988 to manage the spa. Chang, uh, Mr. Dr. Kim, died in 1998. And after he died, there were disagreements between Dr. Kim and Howard about the spa management. And specifically, there were some potential water rights issues with the spa, and Howard kept threatening to report those issues to the municipal authorities. Additionally, Dr. Kim wanted her two sons, Eddie and Alex, to be involved in the business, but Howard was not a fan of that plan, and he would get angry when the two of them came to the spa to perform repairs. During what was to follow, Dr. Kim came to believe that Howard had actually inflated the possible water rights issue in order to maintain control of the spa. Mm -hmm. Late in the evening on April 14th and into the morning of April 15th, 2005, Alex and Eddie were at the spa doing some tile repair and Alex recorded the repairs And in that video recording, Howard can be heard insulting Alex, calling him a midget and a son of a bitch, and threatening to call the police. Because he's fixing shit. How dare you? Right. It's terrible. (laughs) Right. He then left the spa, and right after that, the police arrived. They talked to Alex and Eddie. They briefly detained Alex. I wasn't able to find why. Um, But then they let him go. Howard then went and got a restraining order against Alex to prevent him from entering the spa. Do you not have to have grounds for that? Well, it's not his business. Right. And like, I, okay. I'd also like to point out that at this point in the story, this guy is in his late sixties and the kids that want to be involved in the business are like 40. So, like, right. these are grown-ass people. Yeah. That I was he picturing is like, they were, like, 20, but, yeah, no, that... No, no, they are full grown-ups, and this guy is, like, in there insulting middle-aged men and calling them midgets? Right. So, this was finally enough for Dr. Kim. She had enough of his shit, and she asked Howard to discontinue his employment at the spa as of April 15th, 2005, that day. Howard responded in writing, stating that he understood that Dr. Kim was the owner of the business and pleaded with her to let him continue managing the spa for at least one year. No. 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 Say no. Well, then came the lawsuits. Dr. Kim and the Huzz. It's not a band. Uh, Dr. Kim and her kids. <laughs> and Howard, again, no relation, filed cross-action lawsuits against each other. Howard said that he had a partnership interest in the business and an ownership interest in some of the real property connected with the spa. By June of that year, Howard was no longer managing the spa, but a court order allowed him to maintain an office there. And there was... Also, some evidence that he was living there. Okay. This just is all very... Like, why is any legal system siding with this guy? Well, I don't think they were siding with it. From what it sounded like, and I got actually most of this information from 
the court document from the appeals for what is to happen later. So it was a pretty abbreviated thing. And it didn't sure. go it didn't go into this, these particular lawsuits, nor did I want to pay to read them. Right. Um, but it sounds like it was mostly they had presented the lawsuits and the judge was like, look, I haven't looked at any of this shit yet. You can keep an office, but you got to stop doing the day to day business because they had not yet determined that he whether or not he had an ownership interest. Okay, so I, I guess. I guess. I mean, I feel like maybe but that they is just so weird. It is weird. Like, what is the point of having an office there? I mean, if you're living there, then that's one thing. But well, and I think is- he wanted the control, and he kept saying, "Like, I'm part. I'm an owner of this business." Right. And you can't shut me out of my business. I own some of this property. You can't keep me away from this property. And until they had determined that he didn't own any of it. Well, yeah, but they still blocked him from doing any work in the business that they, that he, I don't know. Yeah. Very. Yeah. That's not going to make for a good situation. Oh, and it didn't. No good can come of this. And it didn't. On June 5th, 2005, there was an altercation in the parking lot between Howard and Alex, (laughs) which Alex recorded. Howard aggressively advanced toward Alex, flailing his arms. He then hit Alex, grabbed his phone and threw it to the ground. The police were called and Alex filed a police report. Um. During all of this, the lawsuits were still pending and Howard repeatedly threatened Dr. Kim and other members of her family. He repeatedly told Dr. Kim that if I lose this lawsuit, I will not leave you guys alone. He would point finger guns at them in court. He pantomimed firing a handgun at them. During the litigation, the family found that he actually owned guns. Great. And during a settlement conference, Howard walked past Alex and Eddie and said that they would soon see their father, who, of course, at this point has been dead for almost 10 years. Um... I just, like, uh, you're not allowed to do that. No. The litigation over the spa lasted three years, ending in 2008. The civil jury found that Howard was not a partner in the business and that he had no ownership interest in any of the real property of the spa. He was ordered to release any interest in the property that he had, and he was also ordered to remove his personal belongings from the spa and to vacate his office by May 29th of 2008. He did not. No. So another move out date was set for June 15th of 2008. On June 15th of 2008, Howard showed up at the spa around 1030 in the morning and Eddie and Alex let him into his old office to pack up his stuff. Over the next couple of hours, Howard repeatedly requested that Dr. Kim, Eddie and Alex meet him in his office and they declined. Yes. Around midday, Alex called Eddie, who was out running errands, to tell him to come back to the spa so they could go up to Howard's office together and tell him to hurry it up. Eddie said he was too busy to come back, so Alex decided he'd just take care of it himself. Shortly after noon, Howard and Alex met in the reception area and walked up the stairs to Howard's office together. Soon after, the receptionist heard two loud noises about five seconds apart coming from Howard's office. Fifteen or twenty minutes later, Howard came downstairs and asked the receptionist to call the police. She noted that he had dust or dirt on his back and it looked like he'd fallen. 
Howard then trotted his own ass over to the Hollywood Division police station and turned himself in. He said, I shot him. I just shot him. And I lost it. I shot him. In addition to the dirt on his back, he appeared to have blood on his pants, his left shirt sleeve, his shirt pocket, and his left hand. Alex Ha died of a gunshot wound to his neck and had a second close-range wound on his back. Both wounds were considered fatal. The murder weapon was a fully loaded Glock semi-automatic pistol, which was found in a refrigerator across the room from Alex's body. I mean, that does sort of support the, I lost it. Right. Stuck the gun in the fridge. In the fridge. (laughs) During interrogation by police later that day, Howard said that he mistook Alex for an intruder. He said he saw a big man dressed all in black enter the dimly lit room. No. He thought the man was there to steal from him and yelled, get out in Korean, but the man kept coming toward him. He said that he'd taken his fully loaded gun from its secret hiding place before the intruder entered his office because he had a bad feeling. And he didn't realize that the intruder was Alex until after he'd fired the two shots. Mm-hmm. Detectives also noted that Howard had scratch marks down the side of his neck to his lower back and arm, but he said that was from the diabetes. That is that is a symptom of diabetes. Just scratch marks, scratch marks in Mm -hmm. different places. It's like that's how you know the yeah that you've got the penis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to take a moment right now to mention that Alex uh, was about five seven and two hundred thirteen pounds at the time of his death, which means he was smaller than me. Yeah. He was also wearing khaki pants and a white shirt. Hmm. And although the office lights were not on when the police arrived, one officer said that he could clearly see the victim laying on the floor thanks to the skylights in the large windows of the office. So like Mary McKnight's confession, this is utter bullshit. Utter bullshit. Howard Ha was arrested, tried, and convicted of the murder of Alex Ha. He was sentenced to 40 years to life. He appealed and he lost, although his sentence was reduced to 25 to life. Beverly Hot Springs Spa is still in business. You can visit their website at beverlyhotsprings.com. If we are ever in the LA area, we're going to go check it out. Yeah. I did notice that their websites in the press section does not mention the murder, but they do have a 4.5 star rating on TripAdvisor. Oh, that's so tragic though huh yeah that yeah that just sucks it sucks it it, it was so preventable at so many points well not only that could say they didn't see this coming no no well and not only that but when you have a dead body laying in your office that's clearly wearing clothing. Yeah. Why would you then say it was wearing different clothing? Well, right. Like, that's I one of those easily checkable him. facts. I didn't know yes. it was him. It was some giant guy in all black. Yeah. No, well, it actually, turned out it wasn't a giant guy. It was just kind of a pudgy guy in white and khaki. Right. That, that you know very well. Right. And who was supposed to be there. Like, and you took out your... Fully loaded Glock. And tried to get him to come into your office all day. A bunch. Yeah. 
Also, I'd like to know. So, like, I've lived in not great neighborhoods, and I know what gunshots sound like. Yeah. If I heard one at work, I wouldn't wait for somebody to come down and tell me to call the cops. Yeah. Like, and what was he doing in that 15 or 20 minutes? And why didn't somebody go have a look at what was going on? Well, I'll tell you what he was doing. He was putting the gun in the refrigerator. In the fridge. (laughs) Right. But again, if you hear gunshots in a building, you call the cops right now. Yeah. And they were open for business. There were people around. And it's a pretty big, like I saw a picture of their building. It's a decent sized building. But it sounded like the offices were right above reception. And she heard the noises. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if you can hear a gunshot from a few blocks away and recognize it as a gunshot, you can hear it in the same damn building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I think I would know what a gunshot sounds like. Like, I know what a shotgun sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, just because so much hunting. Right. In, not me, but in Virginia. <laughs> Yeah. So much hunting going on in my neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it would be so loud that even if you didn't know what it was, you'd be concerned and you'd call. Right. Even if my first inclination wasn't to call the police, I would go like at least yell up the stairs, are y'all okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's just something. I'm not positive I wouldn't have had the police there to begin with, though, honestly. Like, if you're yeah. going to not do what the court tells you to do and get your shit out, and you've been threatening and everything, like, there should have been someone there to watch. There should stuff. have been. And they, even in the court documents that I read, and it was all from the appeal, um, it was the appeal final decision, this is what I was reading. And they said right in there that, during the times that he had threatened the family, Eddie like understood it as a serious threat on their lives. Yeah. It, well, which it was, then it was, which proved it, which to it be. absolutely was. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's tragic and senseless and frustrating. Right. Things stay in it. No, they, I fine. don't know why I say it as if that is surprising because right. we, we do. Again, this is not a fun time show. No, it's really not. I mean, I do have a fun time. <laughs> I do have a great time. The stuff we come are, it's a bummer. It, it almost always is a bummer. So that's what I got for you. Nice. So have so, you been listening to anything? I have. I listened to a couple of things, but I have chosen one to share with you. Um, and so it's called Helen High Horror. Ooh. I definitely chose it because of the name and also (laughs) their cover art, which is adorable. It's like two little cartoon, very witchy looking people holding like apples or something. (laughs) Pretty fantastic. Um, And so their, their podcast is a horror podcast. I don't know if you could have guessed that from the name. Um, And the one that I listened to, they were talking about one of the scariest things, which they they're hilarious so it's it's another one of those like serious topics where we're just gonna laugh the whole time um children children was their their horror category 
<laughs> so um, much to cover. Right. So they were talking about creepy kids. And one of them is a daycare worker. And so she was talking about her kids and like things that kids say that they see, like people on the walls and and all of that kind of <laughs> like that ghost age. Uh-huh. Um, and it was very, very amusing. Um, they are part of the Murderly Network. Excellent. Um, yes, and they were pretty awesome. I enjoy listening to them. Yay. Yeah. What did you listen to? I listened to, um, so it was not what I was going to tell you that I listened to this week, so I'll have to save that for next week. Hmm. But on one of the podcast Facebook groups we belong to, somebody posted that Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment had done a podcast series on Heaven's Gate. So obviously, I immediately stopped everything I was doing and downloaded the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been listening to it's it's called Heaven's Gate. And it's a 10 part series. Every episode is a little bit under an hour. And they go from the very beginnings of Heaven's Gate all the way to the very end of Heaven's Gate. And they talk to surviving members. They talk to the daughter of one of the founders. Um, Bonnie's daughter is still alive. And uh, wow. they talked to her pretty extensively. And yeah, it it's, uh, I'm three episodes in, I think. And it's really well done. I love Glenn Washington. I would listen to him read the phone book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really like what he does with stuff. And it seems well researched and, and well presented. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. I like it. Um, I always, so I am forever on social media and someone will say, I need a true crime podcast recommendation. And I'm always like, me. Me. It is so interesting to me that people have such insanely, because I don't, but they have such insanely strong feelings about whether it is a serial podcast where you're listening to the same story throughout the entire season or whether Mm. it's a new story each. It's as divided as like whether people chat about other stuff or only tell the story. Yeah. And and people feel really strongly about that shit. Very strong feelings. Yeah. 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 Although I did giggle because somebody on one of the groups said that I posted like, I like the not chit chatty single narrator, different story every time. And also I'm Australian. So if it's an Australian host, that's a bonus. And everybody's like, case file, listen to case file. Have you not listened to case file? Case file is the one for you. Right. But also, I bet there are 50 podcast options for that person. Like, that's the other thing. Probably. There's so many. There are. But I just had to giggle because that was so clearly she needs to listen to Case File. (laughs) Right. Right. Probably that's like the podcast that she's listened to. And so that's what she was describing. And yeah, probably. I want one exactly like that, but different because they're not making them fast enough for me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That is the thing with listening to a different podcast every week so that we can talk about it is that I haven't binged one and run out of episodes. And that's kind of a relief. Mm hmm. Like, yeah, that's not, true. Not been in that situation because I'm forever. That's that's the other call for help is I finished all of. Yeah, and they, they really just want more of it. Nothing else is going to satisfy. <laughs> just listen to it again. Right. Start over. It's you've probably forgotten some of it. I know I have. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> anything ever under any circumstance. All right. Well, I think we should wrap this up. 
I don't really remember how we do that, though. I think I say, I, Diana, I feel like we've been through a lot today. We have been through a lot together. It's true. <laughs> In any of this, do you have any words of wisdom for us? Any advice? So I've only been to like one spa and it was really nice. Like it was really nice. I'd like to go back. Uh-huh. But I kind of got the impression, and again, I'm not like, I haven't done this a lot, but my understanding is that spas are where you go to relax. Yeah. Yeah, I think and that's I, right. Yeah. And I just feel like, chill. Mm-hmm. If you're going to own a spa and bring all these relaxing, wonderful things and massages and mineral waters like to the greater public, yeah, maybe back back off on all the guns in your office. It's true. You've got a it's fridge true. in that office. You could put like cake in that fridge. Yeah. Or a nice cold Coca-Cola. I thought you were going to say coconut water and I was going to say then maybe we would need a gun. But yeah. Maybe because coconut water is Real gross. It's really gross. I, I don't, don't really get it. Get it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it feels like something I should like because I love coconut, but it is. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not, not really yummy. Not a thing. But also no guns. I, I think that's Also good. no guns. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just chill out on the guns. Yeah. Go take a dip in that nice mineral spring. Right. I mean, it's right there. Even if you don't own it, it's cool. They'll let you in. Yeah, really, probably if you would stop threatening them with guns, they would let you. I get a lot less compliant. Well, no, I would probably get a lot more compliant if somebody was threatening with me with a gun. I mean, that's also true. To be real. <laughs> so, yeah, just just chill out, man. Yeah. I Put some cake fair. in that fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have a good day. Yeah. Call your people. Call your people. And don't end up on next week's episode. Michigander. Like duck. No, like a goose. Um, like a so, gray duck. What? Like yeah. a gray duck. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. What the Wrong. hell is that about? It's gray duck. What? Okay. What's gray duck? Like, what is a gray duck? Is it a goose? Are you calling no, it's a, a goose gray by duck. the wrong name? No. Is this, wait, is this like the gopher, which may or may not be a gopher? It's 100% a gopher. Its name is Goldie Gopher. We've settled this. Yes, except it's it wasn't a gopher. It I don't know why you're looking at cartoons looking for accuracy. It was like a three-striped ground squirrel or something. Something like that. I feel like which five star gopher. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> no. So apparently, um, apparently, there's this whole thing with duck, duck, goose. Mm-hmm. That in most places it's goose, but in Minnesota it's gray duck. But why? Well, I don't know because I did not realize until a few years ago that this was controversial. Because although I had passed duck, duck, any variety of bird age by the time I moved to Minnesota. I had always been taught it was a gray duck, which leads me to believe that either it is gray duck in Canada, and I learned it from my mom, or that my preschool teachers were from Minnesota, <laughs> either of which could be true. That is so weird. 
It's not. It doesn't sound as good. Gray duck, 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 gray duck. Duck, duck, gray duck. Okay. When you're playing duck, duck, goose, there's this very short period of time between when you say goose and you tap the person and they realize you've said goose instead of duck. And by gray duck, that's an extra syllable and you are cutting down on that amount of time that you have to run away from the person who's about to chase you. Right, but I think you can, you hear gray. Like you don't have to wait all the way till duck. I assume you have to say it before you can start running. I do not remember the exact rules of Duck, Duck, Gray Duck. I am a 44-year-old woman. <laughs> I was going to say, our episode title this week is going to be in which we discuss the intricacies of the game. Duck, 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 duck. insert your favorite bird here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. if, it were, if it were Liam, Duck, Duck, Peregrine Falcon. Ooh, I am with Liam. That is who is on my arm as a Peregrine Falcon. I have a question about Duck, Duck, Goose. I okay. <laughs> duck, Duck, Gray Duck. Yeah. What is a Gray Duck? Is it just a Gray Duck? I guess. So it's we not, need to... in fact, another name for a goose. No. A goose is a whole different animal. I've realized that, but also you people can't seem to get Duck, Duck, Goose right. So I wasn't going <laughs> to believe... Well, hold on. Now I'm going to look up Grey Duck, but I can't really type because I'm broken and also sitting sideways on my couch. What is a Grey Duck? It could refer to a Grey Teal, which is a duck found in New Guinea, Australia, New Zealand, Vanuatu, and Solomon Islands. The Pacific Black Duck, usually called the Grey Duck in New Zealand, a duck found in Indonesia, New Guinea, Australia, New Zealand, and islands in the southwestern Pacific. I'm just going to find a picture of a duck. What does gray. duck, duck, gray, duck mean? That you don't understand how duck, duck, goose works. No. That is what it means. Why do they call duck, duck, goose in Minnesota? Oh. What? Oh, no, duck, duck, gray, something? duck, as they apparently call it in some Minnesota circles. That's right, because it's weird. You don't have to get weird about it. Gray duck. But why? That's not gray. Wait, here we go. Here's a new Surrey. Wait a minute and say duck, duck, gray duck. Which again, I learned how to play this in either California or Maryland. I don't remember which because I lived in both in preschool. And it was duck, duck, gray duck. Well, okay. I'm making a social media thing. And so I've got a duck, a duck, and then... I'm going to use the same duck, and I'm just going to make it grayscale. 